This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Tēnā koto, tēnā koto, tēnā koto katoa. Haere mai, haere mai, haere mai ki te rātapu. E ki te hahi reo irarangi mō te Radio Church. Ko Michael Godfrey toku ingwa. Welcome to you, whoever and wherever you are. Welcome to Sunday and welcome to Radio Church. My name is Michael Godfrey. Great to be with you in your sacred space, your sacred sound space this morning. The liturgical churches on this Sunday of the year hear readings from a tricky set of Jesus sayings and others popular amongst hellfire and damnation preachers, one of which I am not. Jesus um, appears in the gospel passage to be threatening a rather unfriendly nuking of those who are not his followers. Hellfire preachers need to be careful. Jesus was hardest on religious hypocrites, and it is unlikely he's overly chuffed with wealthy, drippingly wealthy preachers who line their barns with Gulf Stream or Bombardier jets while the poor knock at the electrified gates of their mansions. No, context in Scripture is everything. And Luke was really careful when he placed this Jesus saying about branches and hellfire, or at least fire, Uh, that is read in many churches today. I have come to bring fire on earth and how I wish it were already kindled. At the end of a long series of teachings about human decency, compassion, and other reign of God values. brokenness, hope for despair. Lord, in the suffering, this is our prayer. Bread for the children, justice, joy, peace. Sunrise to sunset, your kingdom increase. Shelter for fragile lives, cure for their ills, work for the craftsmen, trade for their skills, land for the dispossessed, rights for the weak, voices to plead the cause of those who can't speak. God of the poor. Friend of the weak, give us compassion, we pray. Melt our cold hearts, the tears fall like rain. Come change our love from a spark to a flame. Refuge from cruel from fear cities for sanctuary freedoms to share 
scorched earth to green Christ for the bitterness His cross for the pain God of the poor Friend of the weak Give us compassion Graham Kendrick, a hymn writer on a journey. His early hymns focused on the individual relationship with Jesus. I saw the Lord. I love your name. These songs were highly individualistic. To a point, that's okay. Hymns can be, perhaps are, a love song to an unseen God. And not many love songs are written in the plural, but hymns can be. As his career went on, Kendrick shifted more and more from I love your name, yes, I love your name, how I love your name, to these great challenging plurals. Come change our love from a spark to a flame. 
Back to the fire again. Fire in the usage of Jesus is usually an image of divine judgment. And that would seem at first to be the case when Jesus voices these dramatic words, I've come to bring fire on earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But before the sensationalist peddlers of eternal damnation get too carried away, we need to notice that New Testament words of fire are often words of of purging, of, of healing almost, from which incidentally we get the word purgatory, rather than of eternal destruction. Diseased trees, for example, are purged by the destruction of their useless spent branches rather than themselves obliterated forever. How I wish it were kindled already, says Jesus. Sort of like pruning the roses, but seen from the rose bush's point of view, not from the branch which may go to the fire or the compost heap. famous Charles Wesley hymn, O Thou Who Camest From Above, sung there by the choir of Rochester Cathedral. Wesley was leaning on images of fire, often used by Jesus in his public teaching, to describe refining or redeeming or purging, but which have too often been used by Christians to put the fear of eternal torment into trembling souls, or total disdain into 
untrembling or disinterested souls. What if we were to see the words of Jesus about fire as words of love, words that describe the eradication of rough edges from our flawed human capacity for love? At any rate, anyone who can squeeze the phrase with inextinguishable blaze into a poem or a song, as Wesley did, deserves kudos. And that aside, the words are words that I've always found to be words of a deeply theological and spiritual insight. O thou who camest from above, the fire celestial to impart, kindle a flame of sacred love on the mean altar of my heart. There let it for thy glory burn with inextinguishable blaze, and trembling to its source return in humble prayer and fervent praise. Jesus, confirm my heart's desire to work and speak and think for thee. Still let me guard the holy fire, and still stir up the gift in me. Ready for all thy perfect will, my acts of faith and love repeat, till death thy endless mercy seal, and make the sacrifice complete. So, words of love from the poet and hymn writer Charles Wesley, who was incidentally no slouch academically. He held an MA from Oxford. Every now and again I like to remind my Methodist friends of Wesley's words, I have lived and I die in the communion of the Church of England, and I will be buried in the yard of my parish church. Sadly, I have to admit that the Anglican Church of his time was rather a lame duck. But back to purging again. Jesus spoke of purging corrective fire in this week's readings. But he spoke also of crises of division. And even today, there are those whose decision to be a follower of the life and teachings and way of Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, is costly beyond measure. Still here in my heart 
let me drift too far Keep me where you are Well, I will always be renewed And the what you've given me today Is worth more than I can pay And no matter what they say Strangely, perhaps, I'm not a huge fan of the songs from Bob Dylan's fiery evangelical era in the late 70s and early 80s. I feel a bit as though I'm being preached at when I hear most of them. But I still remember with a tingle down my spine the feelings I had the night I heard that song for the first time. It was 1979, I was a fresh convert to Christianity, and rumours were abounding that Dylan was as well. On the Radio New Zealand program one night, the presenter reported those rumours as well. With a little bit of exaggeration, he suggested that, if true, then Dylan's conversion was the most significant since Saul of Tarsus. Well, even I found myself mouthing names such as Augustine of Hippo, but never mind. A week or two later, Dylan's slow train coming was released. And I, a hardened Dylan freak then and now, almost wept for joy. I had a kindred spirit. 
And what Dylan has done with his faith in the decades since is hard to discern, probably not my business, though I did hear him preach a remarkable sermon in Melbourne once, kind of accidentally. But that's another story. In the song, he speaks of the sheer determination he had to continue in the new journey to which God, his God, had ushered him. In taking that journey in around 1979, as I did in that same year, Dylan was undergoing the crises of decision, the conversion that Jesus often depicted in Old Testament terms of choose this day whom you will serve. Not all Christian believers undergo that radical conversion. Many experience, as all believers should, an ongoing life of transformation. But the outcome is the same, a journey from darkness to the light that Wesley, in our earlier hymn, called an inextinguishable blaze. For many, the new experience is best expressed, again in the words, though not the voice of Dylan, newly minted, let's put it, as property of Jesus.
Sinead O'Connor having fun or as much as she ever does. I've got a lovely recording of her singing uh, Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered right out of the sort of 40s styles. But this time she's playing with one of Dylan's songs of faith, Property of Jesus. And she, like many of us, is a, a tortured soul. She's on this journey through life. The song itself was recorded by Dylan in 1981 for his Shot of Love album. It was badly mixed, it was cut badly, and in many ways it was no more than a diatribe of frustration at the fans who, understandably I think, couldn't cope with his fierce evangelical approach to life. Strangely though, Dylan released the fiercely antagonistic song at the same time that for the first time in three years he released a song on a secular theme celebrating the life of Lenny Bruce calculated, I suspect, to be at least as provocative to evangelical Christians of the American style as he had been to his antagonistic non-Christian deserters. Ah, that's another story as well. Or it would be, except that it highlights the simple fact that we find many hobgoblins and foul fiends along the human journey, as John Bunyan once reflected. And Baroness Thatcher, of all people, reminded us at her funeral... It's not often that I tip my hat to the Iron Lady, but maybe just this once. Because when Jesus spoke of a crisis of decision, and he did, the critical decision to follow in his way of love, justice, and peace, he knew, too, that there were many hobgoblins and foul fiends along the human path. There still are, even in a postmodern so-called scientific age. We've been reflecting on this 20th Sunday of what we call ordinary time in the mainline churches, time in the liturgical year, reflecting on 
decisions of faith and experiences of purging fire. Tricky stuff. But great to have you with me. I'm Michael Godfrey. This was Radio Church. Thanks for joining me. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.